0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now
1: at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
2: Time now for the Yahoo Sports College
0: Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Chad Morris is making $4 million a year at Arkansas. He should put a ski mask on on payday.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Pete Zammel. The fact that he's done this and nobody's kind of tapped him on the mullet and said, Hey, Mike, why don't you... Got the ambient talk. You know?
1: <laughs> and Pat Forty. Pete's got some Wisconsin facts. I got some Wisconsin facts. Dan, I, I did some reporting on the ambient situation. <laughs> yeah. And here's Dan. Hi, right, welcome to the podcast.
0: You're having a good week. You need to start because this is the law obligated. All college football media must start with a Tua tunga Viloa update the ankle as the ankle turns and i also i sat through an entire nick saban press conference to glean this info and so i had to listen to how great arkansas is <laughs> uh, it is absolutely incredible the hawks get win a game considering how
2: highly coach saban thinks they are <laughs> did nick have any thoughts about the hogs hitting on the mississippi state dance team no girls? I, um, I would ask
0: i should have if i yeah. could have gone i wasn't there but uh I would ask that. What's your policy on players hitting on the dance team before the game?
1: (laughs) Is that part of the or throwing or throwing the third grade chess pass fake pound? Yeah. All you gotta say is we're Alabama, they hit on us.
0: We don't, you know, we don't (laughs) we don't have to resort to that. (laughs) That's right. The, the, The Saban and Bill Belichick are having like a an epic, I don't believe people are properly noting this, but it'll come down in history. Just an epic back and forth on who can praise the crappy team they're playing this week more (laughs) I got I got Belichick we got our work on the Jets are looking good Jets are are I mean that doll uh, I mean uh Darnold and I mean mean, come on it's like no the Jets suck Arkansas sucks you don't roll them it's on you yeah it doesn't matter who plays quarterback they watch each other's press conference have we ever seen them in the same place at the same time other than like the giant staff, or the Cleveland Browns staff back in the day. And I don't know who, who knows if that's right. even true. <laughs> I could say anyone was on like the <laughs> on a Cleveland Browns staff in the
2: mid-1980s or something. Did the Browns even have a team then? Like, so those years, years there was no
0: Cleveland Browns. Yeah, right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I report Doc Sabin says no timetable for his return, but he's hoping he can do some quote active rehab in about 10 days. So good luck, AL.com reporters who are on Ankle Watch. Yeah.
1: Keep it up. That's gonna be holy moly. I I hope for Tua's sake that he's like taking online classes because every time he goes across campus, whether it's you know on a scooter with his foot up on it, or he's on crutches, or he's in a boot, or he's walking with normally every student's gonna have their phone out taking video. There goes Tua. How does he look? How does he, he look? He ain't going to
2: class. <laughs>
1: Come on now, Dan. He's got like three weeks. He can't just not go to class for three whole weeks. The Alabama legislature met at a midnight
0: session <laughs> and passed legislation unanimously that Tua does not have to attend class. And any professor that requires it will be drawn and quartered. <laughs> How about Tard and Feathered? Tard and Feathered. <laughs> Whatever are we-
1: expendable. Tua is not. <laughs> we got one Tua. We got a lot of you guys. That's
0: right. Do they it's Alabama? Got a lot of literature professors out there in the world. That's right. So he is he is in 24 hour rehab. Bubble wrapped. We gotta get him back to active rehab. LSU Bama was also announced it's gonna be played at 3 30 Eastern Time, 2 30 in Tuscaloosa, not prime time for the first time in years.
1: Very surprising.
0: So CBS gets I I looked this up. This is the the funny thing about TV. CBS gets one choice a year. They get the, right. every week. They get the number one pick of all SEC games. They choose the best game. Then ESPN gets in on the draft, and uh, I think they didn't believe in LSU because they took. They also had Notre Dame, but Notre Dame was playing at Georgia, so then it became a CBS uh, SEC game. CBS grabbed it. Prime time got a huge rating out of it. I don't think they saw LSU being number two potentially uh, to Bama's one or whatever it's going to be, or flip that. And so they, they're not getting it. Now, in the past, they gave a deal with ESPN to get, like, some future. They, they gave ESPN, like, the number one choice one week, and they got to put it in primetime. But uh, this year, CBS didn't go for it. So it's going to be an afternoon game. A lot of debate online about this. I love when fans become television execs and start being concerned about <laughs> how much money CBS is losing because of this. The ratings won't be... as I think they'll be all right. Aflack will still you know buy what? an ad. You know, people like, will find the TV for this one.
1: I'm pretty sure.
0: You know, we're seeing a lot more of this because the Fox is going big on the noon game. This week's big game is Ohio State, Wisconsin at noon. I know. What do you think of the daytime, daytime games kind of making a comeback here? I am actually attending the Alabama LSU game, not not in any work capacity, of course. No, oh. but uh, so I was hoping for nighttime because I wanted this maximum run up to sort of uh, prime the pump, if you will, before attending this game. This two thirty bits. Can we ask the
2: occasion, Dan?
0: Buddy Johnny Barry is finally getting married. My high school buddy. Oh, no. yeah. We don't know when there is no actual wedding date. He's held off on this for forever, obviously.
2: (laughs) So he set the bachelor party, but not the wedding date. Yeah.
0: Who cares? We don't want to go to the priorities. The rest of us immediately jumped at the need for a bachelor party.
1: (laughs) He verbaled, but he hadn't signed a letter of intent.
0: (laughs) Well, there's there's a letter of intent. I'm not getting into all that. But we don't have a date. But we don't care. It's nothing like that. I mean, it's nothing better than this because we actually gonna have a bachelor party where you know there's like money involved. Like we actually have jobs now and stuff, and it's much better.
2: So, so what's the plan, Dan? Come on, get it. Get it. Like this is—we none of us get to do this. Pat and yeah. I put on our little shirts and ties and it's, waddle it's up. It's highly to the likely drums.
1: that Pete and I will be working like coal miners all night at that game while you're, you know, yeah. gallivanting around. Yeah, it's absolutely no sympathy whatsoever. I've I've done plenty in mm-hmm.
0: Tuscaloosa. We got a we got an Airbnb. We got a house in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. You know, that thing's going to six overtimes and Dan's going to be partying his face off in the stands while you guys
2: are up until, you know,
0: well, they don't have to stay up that late. Oh, yeah. So you guys three, can yeah. meet us for a post game cocktail when you're done. I, I don't know. The plan is pretty simple. Go to the game. Drink. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> Very simple people here.
2: <laughs> I, was, I was looking for logistics because like. Us peasants have to stay in Birmingham. We can't afford to stay in Tuscaloosa, you know, on working, uh, working on the company dime. So we
0: got a Tuscaloosa stay in there.
2: I don't know. I don't know whether we're going to tailgate ourselves or
0: someone wants to host us at the tailgate. Any valued listener
1: that wants to Uh, offer up their tailgate we would consider it. You're going to get offers. You're going to get offers. Be careful what you accept.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. It's, you're gonna have to send me on on Twitter at Dan Wetzel a picture of the barbecue. I mean, this is not just gonna hand it out first come.
2: You got six guys here, and uh, you know we're not just quality. gonna come take anyone's food and drink. We're gonna be elitist about it. Yeah,
0: From absolutely. Plan. You gotta win the contest. Show me, show me your brisket. Show me your your,
1: show your me whole your hog. Brisket. Yeah. what if they show me your whole hog Um. (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness
0: see what you got
1: Uh, got a good spread um,
0: and you seem cool we'll consider it that's it you want to host the bachelor party 2019 the johnny berry bachelor party
2: Wow! He's a pro. And, and, He's and, a pro. And not only do you let them give stuff away to you, but you promise to bring Bush Light. Like, well, who could resist this <laughs> offer? What <laughs> Alabama tailgaters could possibly <clears throat> resist yeah, having to feed and yeah. give copious amounts of alcohol to six northeastern meatheads. Yeah, <laughs> and also they would arrive with like a bushel
1: of bushlight. We'll like, bring up. We'll bring this? some beer. A styrofoam cooler full of bushlight. Yeah. Bama is
0: a bushlight school, though. So the the students drink bushlight over natty. You bring a bushlight. Really? Bushel, yes.
1: How do you know? I'm I mean, mad. is Amer- has America become either or? You either drink Bushlight or Natty. I mean, did, oh, does like, anybody r- have taste anywhere? No, red it's red state, it's, blue state. Bushlight, Natty. It's a, state, Light, Natty. <laughs> it's
0: a <laughs> blood out. war. It's like Republican Democrat.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're one or the other. I'm, I'm, in, I'm insulted by the younger generation. <laughs> what we'll was drink the anything. beer
2: that you were celebrating, Pat? That was coming out this week that you did the the breathless
1: ode to in the dash. Oh yes, the Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale comes out this week, man. What's so special about it? Best beer they make. And they make a lot of good ones, but man, it is mm, mm excellent. Get yourself a 12 of Sierra, Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale sometime between now and Christmas. You will be better for it. There was uh interest in going to the
0: Patriots game. That was the the uh, that was the first choice, but Ooh. there was no good Patriots yeah. road trip this year because the Miami one was too early. And then uh, I think they're just playing, I don't know, NFC North. There's or- I don't know who they're, or an NFC East. Anyway, so that was out. So then in the summer, picked this game and now it's turned into game of century, in part because we'll be there. Yeah. So
2: how'd you get tickets? <laughs> like these are all, I'm always fascinated by the fan experience because it's just yeah, how very people get different tickets? than ours. Bottom.
0: No freebies uh, here. I nice, hope so. Yeah. yeah, I would
1: hope so. Bottom.
0: Like stub hub. Very vague. Did very
1: vague. <laughs> A yeah, guy or two. I mean, what do you
0: need? You know, I've had my first trip around Alabama. No, we got we're, tickets. We're reporters, early. we need. It's good. Our tickets are now worth much more than we paid for. So um, we'll yeah, see I how many of these are. guys actually get in the stadium and don't just sell it. Yeah. Stay out at the tailgate. Anyway, enough of that. I was hoping for the night game, but if you, I, I will take up offers. I'm not guaranteeing anything because I got I got it's a, it's a group plan. So we'll see. But. uh
1: we may just hang out in the bars in Tuscaloosa, and never even
0: go outside. Who knows?
1: Houndstooth—that's the one downtown. I think that's uh, yeah, right there right. on the square. Been All there. Right. Send Watch your send your
0: Alabama game. tailgate recommendations because I've been—I actually have been to an Alabama game before as a fan. I went to the Iron Bowl. I took my dad to the Iron Bowl a long time ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty funny. They had a uh, big video thing. Up, uh, they—they like a pregame video, and they're showing the year each year the highlights. This is this is a while ago. You know, it's like, oh, 1983, Bama wins on this play. And I don't, we don't know all the Alabama-Auburn thing. And then all of a sudden there's a gap of a few years, and then they go back to the Alabama winning. And my dad turns to this guy next to him and goes, what What happened those 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 years, those three, four years? And this guy goes, Bo Jackson happened. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That'll do it. Uh, yeah, uh, probably.
0: Correct. Yeah, Bo probably did pretty well on that thing. Uh, anyway, uh, what do you think of the daytime? We're going daytime now. The daytime's hot. You like the noon games or you want everything good in primetime? I
1: love and having a, a diverse set of games. Like if you are just Joe Fan at home and you love college football and you want to watch a lot of good games on a weekend, I love having them spread out. I hated that trend where they were all clustering at night. You know, and you've got a game at seven and a game at eight and a game at nine, and those are all the big games, and you're trying, you can't watch them all. So I'm, I'm in big favor. I love the the, yeah, the Fox concept of the big noon game. Possibly, I, I don't know, I don't have like empirical research on this, but they might be finding that, you know, younger fans have a, you know, kind of a bit more diffuse focus. And if they want to go out on Saturday night, that may take the precedence over sitting at home and watching a game. So if you can put one on at noon and cater to them and, again, you know, have another one at 3.30, another one at 7 or 8 or whatever, go for it. Uh, I think think this is a a very good development on on behalf of of people that just like to watch college football. So how many
2: years would you, like, watch game day at ends and then you get, like – Pam Ward's voice. And it's like this gray sky over Purdue as Purdue hosts Iowa. And you immediately like viscerally like change the channel. And you're like, well not watching that for three and a half hours. Like that was noon. That was like the epitome of noon college football for like the better part of a decade. So all the credit in the world, to Fox for, I mean, I don't think it actually took like rocket science to figure this out. They're like, okay, where are there not good games? There's never good games at noon ever. Right. Like, you know, even like in the you know on the East Coast, like you're getting like the ACC game of the week. It's like North Carolina plays Boston College, and it's like remember the old so JP, Sports? Like, oh, miss JP, JP Sports? I JP Sports yes. so
0: much. I love yeah. that. Those yes. are some bad games. And that, all, three yeah, JP 1222 kickoff, mm-hmm. yeah. all three announcers, twelve twenty two kickoff. Yeah, the day all three
1: announcers Dave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was it. The play by play guy, the color guy, and the sideline guy were all yeah. named Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Vanderbilt hosts Mississippi.
2: Dave yeah. Nill's still around. And that was the most interesting thing about those games. Yeah, so I give Fox a ton of credit. They, like, said, okay, we're going to do a really good pregame show. We're going to make it an hour to match the attention span of the American audience right now. And then we're going to put a good game on after it. And, you know, I, I feel like that pregame show, like, I think Irv Myers has been really good as an analyst. I feel like he's broken down football in a way that you can get – in a a way that ESPN does not do like they don't have somebody that matches that his ability to really teach and contextualize different parts of football like his I thought the thing on tackling he did was really interesting like in terms of the the evolution of uh the rugby style tackling and like he broke down how Oklahoma's defense improved the other day I was just like wow I learned a lot from from that segment yeah like it was you know like it's like baseball hit them where they ain't they ain't watching in uh you know at the noon and, and Fox's uh, Fox's filled that void. So, and then if you cover the noon game, like I have a couple times this year, you get to, uh, you get to enjoy the uh, night games, potentially with a libation.
0: Not bad. The, uh, the JP sports Raycom team was a uh, broadcast team was Dave Neal, Dave
2: Archer, and Dave Baker. <laughs> <laughs> Three days. Uh, I was wondering why Dan was laughing. The, I could see him on Skype in the middle of my. I was like, "Really, this point about rugby style tackling isn't that funny, Dan?" <laughs> and he had this like, just this like Dan wasn't itty listening grin to you. He I knew not it was. I knew there were three
0: Daves. <laughs> it was a riot. Yeah.
1: The three Daves.
0: It's like, all right, you're not getting the job. You know why? What I do? We're gonna discriminate against you based on your first name. <laughs> we just can't. <laughs> You got a middle name? What's your yeah. name,
1: Fred? No, yeah. sorry, Fred. You're Dave, out.
0: Fred Baker. No You're Fred now, buddy. You're not Dave. It's like <laughs> those uh, Hollywood. Like you can only have one name in the Screen Actors Guild, yeah. so then they got to go like three names. Right. Change your name, yeah. Dave Neal, Dave Archer, Dave Baker. Coming at you live from Lexington. All right. Well, this week noon one is uh, Buckeyes Badgers, and this was going to be massive. It's still big. I look, I, Wisconsin. No excuse to lose to Illinois, but I did think they they should have won. I mean, they really should have won handily. They just their offense stalled out. They gave up some big plays. It wasn't good, and all credit to Illinois, but I don't think Wisconsin stinks. I just think they they got beat. Ohio State, yeah, obviously this is a chance for Wisconsin to get back in the national title hunt because they they could claim they lost on that that you love Pete, the beloved hypothetical last second field goal on the road. <laughs>
2: That what if they lost on a last-second field goal on the road? Yeah, well, there it is. <laughs> Just saying, they literally lost on the last-second field goal on the road, so this loss doesn't count the same way
0: because of that corollary. It's okay; they have We're it. Speaking it into the truth here
2: on the Yahoo yeah, College Sports Podcast. Right.
0: They, that, it's not in the official <laughs> uh, the official uh, calculations, but there it is: the last-second field goal on the road. Meanwhile, Ohio State. I think we mentioned on on the Monday pod they can kind of put the buck uh, Badgers like keep them out of Indy because now you got two losses. You're two losses behind potentially Minnesota. And so even if Wisconsin beats Minnesota at the end of the year, if Minnesota can get by Iowa and Penn state, and that's a lot to ask, I think, but, or even lose twice. uh, Well, I guess two, they'd lose. Anyway, I don't know. I don't really care about big 10 West playoff scenarios. (laughs) Nobody else does
2: even knows who's in the leader of the legend. All summer, people are like, "The Big Ten West is a salty division. It's back, and
0: uh, it has promptly
2: gone directly to sleep, like oh, yeah. like, like a noon game at don't Purdue." Don't discount the Gophers. It's so bad don't the Gophers the are Gophers. leading it.
0: That's what's going on.
2: I think the Gophers are good, and I think the Gophers could win it, but I don't think the Gophers are uh, you know a top ten team. They're well, good. no, they're. they're
1: not. But I mean, it's it's at least it's interesting to me that Minnesota but, is seven and zero. I you agree. Know? Uh, I agree. I mean, if you want man bites dog, this is Minnesota. That's it. Minnesota yeah, yes. seven and zero is a story. Uh, and the they're going go to go the- eight and zero. I think they they're they're hosting Maryland. They got yeah. a week off, and then that's the Penn State game. To your point, Dan. If I mean, if Ohio State beats Wisconsin and Minnesota beats Penn State, then that division's probably over.
0: Wow, they still they still got to play Iowa too.
1: Yeah. yeah, they got Iowa. They uh, got Iowa. But uh, anyway, this they
0: they have not had a, a a robust schedule they have feasted on the the crap of the big 10 which is pretty significant uh, amount but i want to know i want to watch ohio state this is my thing with this game because ohio state is t- just annihilated everyone but they haven't played anybody really good yet and i want to see can that ohio state offense just steamroll a, a, a wisconsin defense that to me is what's most interesting about this game Pete, what do you
2: think? well I, I actually am a little bit more curious of the of the opposite. can this Ohio State defense which was ranked 72nd in the country last year and is in the top five and in, in most of the major categories now can they suffocate the Badgers uh, Wisconsin has lost nine of ten to Ohio State and even their best teams including that 59 to nothing big Ten title game even the best Wisconsin teams have not been able to hold a candle to Ohio State, especially in the in the years since Meyer got there and they really ramped up the recruiting, the program. What Wisconsin does best is win the point of attack. And if you don't have the athletes and you don't have the, the caliber of players to win that point of attack, you are going to get mauled. And so it's every year is sort of that these, these teams play. It's kind of a litmus test of, okay, Wisconsin is really good and they can go push Purdue around and they can go push, I was about to say Illinois, ha-ha can't. You could push Northwestern around, but when it comes to actually playing the, the Buckeyes who who probably will have a draft pick at every position on their defense, does that work? Can do they have a counter to that, or can this this revamped Ohio State defense just suffocate Wisconsin? And I'm really curious to see Chase Young, uh, who I got a story about this week, who will be one of the top three picks in the NFL draft. He's Ohio State's defensive end. How does he do against this Wisconsin offensive line, which is you know a very good Wisconsin offensive line, even though they replaced four starters. So that that's kind of what I'm what I'm curious to see, like. Does this does Jonathan Taylor is he able to find some creases or does he look, does this Ohio State defense look pedestrian? If Ohio State can make Jonathan Taylor look pedestrian and completely shut down the Badgers offense, now you're talking about a defense that could potentially really swing in that top five weight against the LSUs, against the Alabamas, against the Clemsons.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think obviously both sides of the ball are gonna be interesting and and matter. I think to Dan's point that You've got to not give up big plays against Ohio State. They've got ridiculous big play potential. And it's not – I mean, J.K. Dobbins is great, but his backup, Master Teague, is extremely good. They've got five wide receivers who are really good. They've got a quarterback who can run. Uh, They've got weapons all over. And so, yeah, the onus, I think, is on Wisconsin's defense. Can Can you not give up the big plays and not give up the flurries of points the way everyone else has? Here's my stat on Wisconsin. One in five the last six games when they've lost the turnover battle last year and this year. The only game they won was against Rutgers, which doesn't even count. So, the, you know, if, if Wisconsin doesn't do what they did against Illinois, which is give the game away, literally, with a key fumble, with a key interception, they win that game. If they don't give the ball away against Ohio State, I think they're in the game. We'll just see. You know, I don't, I don't know if they can win, but I think they can be in it. The thing
0: about it is Wisconsin gave up big plays against Illinois, and that, that makes
1: me a little nervous on that thing. But I, I
0: think it's – anyway, good game. It's not the the showdown that we were we were thinking, but uh still pretty big. And I don't know, maybe it's game one of two, maybe it's not. Check it out at noon, daytime game. Mike Gundy, Stillwater mullet. Cowboys are four and three, so not so good. And uh, no. our beloved Coach Gundy is feeling it. He uh, revealed at Monday's press conference that he went home after the loss Saturday to Baylor and took a, quote, double dose of Ambien in an effort to sleep, yet it didn't work. That's how hyped up Gundy is. He was up at 3.17 a.m., he said, and went to work. Double Ambien. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Coach, (laughs) not saying you have a problem? But, you know, might want to consider it. I did a little research and found he previously admitted to doing a double ambience regularly during the season, pretty much every night. This was earlier when they they were playing Texas. Yeah. Ambien. I double on Ambien. You do them. Ten milligrams. I do ten milligrams during the season. Helps you sleep, huh? I think so. I don't remember. I bet you don't. I don't remember. I don't take them in the off season but I take them in the season. My mind spins a little bit during the season. Lord knows what's spinning inside <laughs> under that that glorious head of hair. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> are we concerned that coach Gundy <laughs> is taking double ambience? even more so that it's not working because I did look up <laughs> I looked up some ambien facts. I don't take Ambient. Went on drugs.com, great website. I was like <laughs> I clicked on that. I was waiting for the DEA to slam through my windows. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they're coming for you. You're supposed to take it. You can take up to 10 milligrams. Uh, uh, Men can take up to So he's actually, he's borderline single or double. Can, but it says take once per night immediately before bed with at least seven to eight hours remaining before wakening because you... Higher morning blood levels following the use of 10 milligram dose increase the risk of next day impairment of driving or other activities that require full alertness. So I don't know what kind of game planning he did while under the influence of this stuff
1: (laughs) at 317 a.m.
0: Anyway, are we concerned and what coach out there could take the most ambient and still wake up at 3 (laughs) a.m.? And I'm going to take Coach O as the number one draft pick
1: right now. I think he probably pops those things all day. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll say this. All right. Like Pete's got some Wisconsin facts. I got some Wisconsin facts. Dan, I I did some reporting on the <laughs> ambient situation. <Yeah. laughs> this, this is our podcast.
0: I couldn't name. Um, I couldn't name a uh, 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 one player on Oklahoma state <laughs> uh, coach Gundy. He's always fascinating. They got the
1: leading rusher in the nation, man. Eh, Chuba Hubbard. Hey, oh Chuba, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. We talked about him earlier this Remember year. Remember Chuba. I could have gotten him anyway. Maybe. Uh, Yes, I'm concerned about Coach Gundy here. <laughs> I am. That uh that seems like a lot of sleep aid slash something else there. A lot of a lot of narcotics. And I guess, yeah, you know, I mean, in Gundy fashion, he'll probably he'll either blame it on the media or blame it on his quarterback or something if he's, you know, ends up with a dependency issue. But I, I hope he doesn't. He's uh, he's good entertainment. His team needs to get better. They've kind of plots a couple of times this year. I put down the ambient coach, pick up. Pick up the 44-ounce Polar Pop. It's better for you.
0: I've written a lot. I can get you to sleep, coach. I've written lots of books that put
2: people to sleep <laughs> real quickly. Can you see, like, the athletic department staff meeting on Monday? You know, Mr. SID, do you think we could maybe get Mike to not keep admitting that he's, like, using Ambient at high levels in his press conference? It's probably not the best look for the university to have his – Ambient use be like a big storyline heading into the you know Iowa State game or whoever the heck they're playing. Like the, the fact that he's done this and nobody's kind of tapped him on the mullet and said, Hey Mike, why don't you cut the ambient talk a little bit? You know, like <laughs> tapped him, on the, him on the mullet, carry on our wayward son.
0: <laughs> can he take more Ambien than any other coach in college football? I think
2: pound for pound. I oh, mean, I think Mario Crystal ball can handle some I- ambient. <laughs>
1: I was going to uh, default to crystal
2: ball as well. Large yeah, man. you know, is, is is this really is this really a parallel conversation to who can like beat e- each other up? Is I don't know. Like a, like a... <laughs> no, I think you'd be tired. You'd be sleepy. <laughs> I, I think if Paul Chris did, he'd like wake up in 2022.
0: <laughs> Wait until you're fully awake before you drive, operate machinery, pilot an airplane, or do anything that requires you to be awake and
1: alert. Yeah, so 3.17 a.m. off a of double and There he is careening <laughs> around Stillwater going to the office, huh? Great. Well, good thing there's probably no traffic. Yeah, well,
2: that's just true. Had that. What a burger where Tony Allen got arrested. That's pretty much the only thing going on at that.
1: Is there a, like a big fat college football coach anymore? You know, I mean, are we, <laughs> have, have we run them all out? Phil Fulmer, Robbie, Robbie oh. Caldwell. I mean, No Man Gino. No Man Gino. The, the guys yeah, I mean, are in good shape. A, They're in good shape man. these days. Yeah. Another sign of these people taking themselves too seriously. Yeah. Come on. Tom,
2: Tom Herman had a great line before red river. You know, someone was trying to get him to say something really nice about Lincoln Riley. And he was like, you know, I give him a lot of credit. He's stayed in shape <laughs> three years because <laughs> Herbert's weight is yo-yo. And I thought that was like pretty, I thought that was pretty funny. It's like the yeah. things coaches actually really notice yeah, about right, each other. Pay, pay that was like, that, that was like a good little, uh, a good little window into, uh, <laughs> into that. I thought
0: I want to, uh, a- Bring two topics together here. This is some this is some next level hosting. Okay. <laughs> just just watch this. <laughs> Earlier this year, Pat, you, you clued us in on this. There was a research from West Virginia University. And I think you talked to the researcher about how I did. Ugly ugly coaches make more money in college football usually good looking members of society uh, tend to do better when it comes to salary negotiations which is why i'm a, 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 you know clearly a multimillionaire <laughs> making a, you know 250 just doing this pod i don't know about you guys <laughs> but um i'm just here so i don't get fined just here so- <laughs> <laughs> and uh so they did the research pat you know you you know a little about this right what 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 happened here yep
1: yeah so yeah this uh, west virginia Professor got a, a, an engineering professor or TA or something to, to run the mugshots of like, or the, you know, the, the pictures of every head coach in FBS through this FBI database of, of faces that are, you know, divided into characteristics that people find attractive or not attractive. And one of the strongest areas of not attractive is an aggressive look. And apparently, the football coaches score very high on aggressive. And among them are the more than many of the more successful or more highly paid ones, like Jim Harbaugh scored very high on the aggressive look. And he's getting what, 7.5 million, 7.9 million, something like that? The data showed that basically the quote unquote uglier you are, the more you make coaching college football. Okay. Well, at the same time, out comes the USA Today
0: database, NCAAF. Coaches' salaries so should should these guys be insulted that they are deemed ugliest <laughs> number one on the salary bit total pay dabo sweeney 9.3 million nick saban 8.8 or 8.9 if we're rounding up harbaugh 75 jimbo 75 jimbo fisher at texas a&m kirby smart 6.9 at georgia Gus Malzahn, 6.9 at Auburn. Tom Herman, 6.75 at Texas. Jeff Brom, seriously, 6.6 at <laughs> Purdue. Thank you, Louisville. Good, Good God. Oklahoma, uh, Lincoln Riley, 6.3. Clearly underpaid by this scale. And Dan Mullen coming in at number 10 at 6 million. So are any of
2: these people appreciatively ugly? And who is who – is, cheating the who's worth it and who isn't i don't know if i'm really qualified to talk about talk about ugliness i just really feel like other than being ugly i don't really have a whole lot it's of science
0: there was a scientific paper do not reject yeah. science yeah. on this podcast i, this I is, went to syracuse stand they don't have
1: science west classes. virginia
0: science west only west virginia would try to study this <laughs> <laughs>
1: And declared it hard data, hard science. Are
0: are you offended at how much coaches are making? Because I'm going to just jump in, since you guys are doing a terrible job with my dual topics. I'm going to take an Ambien after this show. It went so poorly. (laughs) Maybe we should just send the show to Coach Gundy. Maybe Gundy's on to something. I might do it tonight. What the hell, right? Take a double, see what happens. Let's get get wild. Uh, Dabo and Saban are worth it. They're worth more. I mean, Clemson was nothing, and 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 the the amount of the amount of publicity, the amount of of, of uh, applicants, all the stuff that goes on at Clemson and Alabama because of these two, incredible. Harbaugh, Fisher, Kirby Smart, eh, Malzahn. He did win a title. Did he win a title? He's made the title game. No, title. no,
1: they played in title. He games. won as a coordinator. Yeah, Gene Herman, Chizik, Herman, the and Brom.
2: Gene Chizik won that yeah.
1: title. Chizik
0: did it. I see him on TV sometimes. He just got that great jacket with the leather, leather arms. He used to wear that jacket. I always love that thing.
2: <laughs> Probably the only, the only good call I ever had was that they won that title out in Phoenix. I remember like walking out of a press conference with Stuart Mandel. And I said, 10 years from now, we're going to go. Who was that guy with the leather jacket yeah. at Auburn who won the national title? What was his name? Because like, we're starting to get there. Yeah. It's like Larry Coker, right? At one point it was
0: like, oh my God, Larry yeah. Coker is just killing it. The rest of them are overpaid. I guess Maul's on maybe, but, I mean, Fisher won a title. But
1: Jeff Brom and Tom Herman, what the hell? You know what? It's good to be wanted by some, by multiple schools. That's what that tells me. Because Tom Herman, you know, there was the big uh, campaign to get him, what, three years ago? Brom was a huge taffy pull between Louisville and Purdue that spiked his salary. If you go down and look, Scott Frost is getting $5 million because he was in demand coming out of UCF. One really for each t- win. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie uh, Strong is getting 5 million at South Florida. Oh my goodness. Charlie <laughs> Strong is getting 5 million at South Florida.
2: I think that's some Texas extra money though. Because school he-
1: pay. It says school pay 5 million. I mean, I'm 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 looking at
2: the website here. Okay. But. So they I'm not defending it cuz Charlie Strong certainly hasn't earned that. He's not going to get a million a win, but what happened was Charlie's contract got backloaded because he was fired after three years of a five year deal at Texas that was fully guaranteed five for 25. So those two million carried over because there's mitigation and offset. So he only made a million from South Florida his first year there, first two years there because he was getting five million from Texas. So then they backloaded it to that number. So that explains it. I'm not justifying it. I'm explaining it.
1: Nothing justifies
2: it. Chad Morris is making $4 million a year at Arkansas. He should put a ski
1: mask on on payday. <laughs> <laughs> what? Winless in SEC play so far through a year and a
2: half. <laughs> and, then, and then give it to the punter who threw that chest pass fake punt for the other days. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, he's Mark D'Antonio's making
0: 4.4. Now he's having a horrible year, but he literally built the program at Michigan State. Compared to Chad
1: yeah. Morris, some of these yeah. deals. The Chad Morris' salary is ridiculous. Florida State paying Willie Taggart $5 million is ridiculous. I mean he's making more than Gary on.
0: Patterson. Gary Patterson actually should be the highest paid guy. Gary, if it wasn't for Gary Patterson, TCU is in the Mountain West right now. Gary mm-hmm. Patterson got that school into the big 12 by having a big time football program and getting the boosters to build them a new stadium and all that like that. He is the single most valuable college football coach because TCU's entire athletic department is different without Gary Patterson.
2: And he's making yeah. less Nuts. than
0: Charlie strong
2: and not that much more. Well, nine
1: hundred fundraise 000. to
2: build that stadium. Yeah. They have that like Camden yard stadium, hundred million dollars. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a bargain right now is Ed Orgeron at 4 million. Oh. Ah. Coach Joe, the number two team in the country. They won ten games last year, eleven, whatever they won. I mean, see, he's not going compared anywhere. Compared to some of these other people, he's not going
0: anywhere. No, and so you no. know, that's that's his problem. Um, looking down here at some deals, one point seven five for Brian Harson at Boise State. Man, they're practicing. Yeah. Kiffin's getting one point four at FAU. <laughs> FAU's got one point four million to spend on a salary.
2: Some of these Did guys. Did you see the Kiffin gif that uh, he got fined for? You this
0: afford- oh, yeah, he yeah. can
2: afford it. Now, According to this, Brian
0: Brian Kelly's
1: only making 1.6. I don't bu- Yeah, I don't that's that. obviously some hidden money yeah. there. You yeah. know, John Brian Kelly is not getting 1.6. There's no way.
0: A couple of these guys are clipping coupons. Well, what's the UMass about- Cr- Chris Ash
1: 2.3 million,
2: baby? He's getting eight.
0: UMass is paying Walt Bell $635,000. <laughs> That's the overpriced. Your sales are up. Coastal, Car- <laughs> lowest paid guy is Coastal Carolina, Jamie Chadwell, $360,000. And the lowest buyout is Louisiana Monroe, Matt Viator. Yeah. Is it not Jambo Fisher? Oh, oh, does he have zero buyout? Yeah. Oh well, Viator you can buy out for 175k. Yeah, no,
1: Jimbo, most of the big,
0: big,
2: big, big, big guys have no buyout. Jimbo's when you have buyout the is 60 million. That means if the school fires you, it's which end of the buyout you're looking at yeah. that that differs. Yeah, Jimbo's is the most lopsided contract in the history of college football. Zero to leave, 60 mil, Well, it's 75 million guaranteed to fire. I mean, that's insane. It's pretty good, man. Fire me. I mean, <laughs> maybe that's what's what they're trying. What's Chad
0: Morris getting? He might be laughing all the way. Chad Morris gets $10 million if they fire him. $10
2: million. That is just preposterous.
0: That 167 I mean, Chad Morris
2: was not that good of a coach at SMU. He had a losing no. AAC record. They yeah, got good he had when he left. a losing
1: record, period.
2: Yeah. Did he not? I'm pretty
1: sure he did.
2: I'm pretty sure he did,
1: too. But he had like a really bad conference record. Like, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I think Chad Morris has been the biggest mythology hire. In a long time, because I, I was surprised. Really, he got SMU, and everybody thought he was just so great at SMU. And you look at the records, like no, he's not. And then all of a sudden, he's getting hired in the SEC. It's like, why? Because he called some pretty plays for incredibly good players at Clemson. Come on.
2: I'll give him recruiting Deshaun Watson. That was important. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll give him we'll give him credit for that. He was eight and sixteen in AAC play at SMU. 14 and 22 overall, although they have them at 14 and 23 on uh, there. So anyway, not good either place. Four and 15 now at Arkansas, including losses to North Texas and San Jose and zero SEC win.
0: i glad the boosters of Arkansas looked around the state of Arkansas, and clearly there's nothing else that could use a couple bucks. <laughs> Whole states, top shape, tip top shape. Everything's going good What's in Arkansas. About? Let's just spend the money on, mm-hmm. uh, on a coach. Coach Ambien is making 5.1, so <laughs> sleep on that. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, he can catch a few winks on that. Sleeping on a pile of money, a bed of money in start. Not bad. Anyway, good mm-hmm. work if you can get it. Still water.
0: All right, let's, uh, let's do race for the case so we can make some money or spend our money on buying beer. <laughs> Pat, 16 and 31 and one. (laughs) I'm 23 and 25. Bad week last week. Pete, 26, 21 and one. And then as Pete notes, tap, the opposite of Pat, is 31 and 16. I mean, you are
1: rolling in money. Rolling. Rolling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, I I will point out, (laughs) last year I was beating Pete so badly that at this point in the season, I actually gave him a press offer. We doubled the wager each week to try to get him back into it. I don't see anybody coming to me with that offer this year. No, no. (laughs) Do you
2: hear that ambulance outside? Scared. (laughs)
1: Scared.
2: Coming for your chances
1: scared (laughs) no uh we'll we'll consider it but probably not i i offered the press we gave you the press it still didn't work i won handily last year just just for the record i think we should change the
0: name of tap the opposite of pat to chad morris because he's so rich (laughs) for doing nothing Uh, uh, so chad morris is leading
2: 31 16 and 1 Pat uh, and Chad Morris actually have a pretty similar percentage of, of winning. <laughs> maybe, we can, maybe we can put Chad Morris alongside because we haven't been able to put tap on the scoreboard. Maybe we can get Chad Morris along with us. The anti I've listened Man. to him
1: talk. I'm more entertaining than he is.
2: All That's right. true.
0: Number 13, Wisconsin. And number three, Ohio State. Buckeyes are giving 14. OSU is 6-1 against the spread, according to uh, Factoid
1: provided by Sully. What do you got? Pat, we'll let you go first. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, I'm I am in again in in catch-up mode here, so I have to basically counter my basic instincts on some of these. I my basic <laughs> instinct is Ohio State will win and cover because Ohio State has just destroyed everyone. I'm going to take Wisconsin. I'm going to say that defensively for the first time they make it difficult for Ohio State to move and to score. They gum things up, they slow things down and just are able to stay in it well enough, and maybe they, get, maybe they get a backdoor TD to cover the 14, but I will take the Badgers with reluctance and desperation.
2: We'll, uh, we'll roll with the Buckeyes. We'll, uh, we'll, me and Tap are going to roll on this. So, me, Tap, and Chad Morris, we're all going to bundle up. I pick the Buckeyes until there is some sign that someone is capable of slowing them down, and I don't see that sign coming until after Big Ten season.
0: I really wanted to pick Wisconsin here because I think they're wounded, they're angry, and I thought that the, the spread would go too high because of the loss, which wasn't that bad of a loss. But 14 just isn't enough for me. I'm not, I'm not going to be sitting there in the third quarter cursing myself as, as Buckeyes run up and down Ohio Stadium. So I'll take Ohio State on that. All right, Auburn, number nine at number two LSU. It's the one big hurdle standing in the way of the mega matchup. LSU is giving 11 so Auburn is an 11 point Road Dog 3:30 ET on
2: CBS LSU is 5-1 one, and 1. This is a tricky one. LSU has shown signs of fallibility on uh on defense. Uh their front four is not the LSU front four that we've maybe remembered in the past. Auburn has enough skill on the on the outside to You know, sort of dink and dunk and give them some some pressures. I don't think this is an LSU secondary, even even though Stingley's had a great freshman year and Delpit you know, is going to be a high pick because he's kind of the new era safety. So I'm going to I'm going to take the Tigers on the road here. I'm going to take the Tigers with the with the
1: 11 with the thought that they can score with LSU. Well, again, counter program. I'm taking the Tigers at home in this one. I. I just, I think I love everything about the way LSU's playing. Ton of confidence, ton of ability. The home energy has been immense there, and I just don't have a lot of faith in Bo Nix. So I say, Bayou Tigers win and cover. Should have just taken the Tigers, and you finally would have
0: won a game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm terrified of this, but I'm agreeing with Pat. So I'm taking LSU. (laughs) Too good at home. Number six, Penn State giving six and a half. At Michigan State, 3.30 ET on ABC. Penn State is 2-0 against the spread on the road. Spartans are uh, home dogs in Beast
1: Lansing. I really don't like anything about this Michigan State team. Certainly, its offense is gross. It's awful. They were obviously poorly aligned going into the season. However, I'm going to give you the scenario by which they can at least cover the 6.5. Penn State coming off two successive slobber knockers at Iowa, home against Michigan, late game, dramatic game, long game, and if you saw Penn State's defense at the end of that, they were wearing down and falling apart. Uh, Michigan State coming off the open date, and I think that weak advantage uh, at this point of the season, just from a physical standpoint, an energy standpoint, a a a health standpoint, a depth standpoint, could be enough for the Spartans to hang around and lose by a field goal. So, give me Michigan State in the points, home dog. This is just getting fun now. Like listening to Pat try to talk himself into ridiculous <laughs> picks. Like it's really,
2: it's really just this great bizarro world. This is a layup. Penn State's gonna cruise. Like it's gonna be like seventeen to three. Michigan State can't score. They're terrible. Their offense is just like a Neanderthalic joke. Yeah, and like there's gonna be no energy in that stadium. They've lost the fan base, and, and Penn State's gonna have just enough to with you know KJ Hammer's gonna run down the field a couple times, and yeah, Michigan State will not
1: score more than ten points in this game. Wait a minute. Is it justin? Is it a layup? Is it a walk? Or is it just enough? Oh, oh, it's easy.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be seventeen okay. to three. Wow,
1: ah, seventeen to 3 17 to 3 I can't wait to watch that one. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, it should have been the noon game in like
2: 2013 until
0: they made the noon game of the good game. Yeah, this is the JP <laughs> Raycom of Big yes. Ten football.
2: Yeah, Penn State. Dave, this Dave is... and Dave would have been all over this. I mean, Pat, I don't know what you're doing, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Penn State.
0: Come on. I said, "Name desperate
2: I,
1: times, man." Yeah,
2: it, we've you, spent like half this podcast ripping on Michigan State for like three. I w- well,
1: I was hoping the number would be bigger than six and a half. Yeah. So I I thought maybe ten or something.
0: Well, here is a big number: take- Alabama at home giving thirty-two to the Fighting Chad Morris Arkansas Razorbacks, <laughs> seven p.m. on ESPN. But Bama does not have its quarterback. We're going Matt Jones. So this is interesting
2: can we align pat with chad morris having all our worlds collide is pat gonna
1: pick chad morris <laughs> hell no i'm not picking chad morris i'm not picking arkansas if they can lose by 41 at home to auburn they can certainly lose by 33 on the road to alabama with or without tua <laughs> lay I-
2: i'm taking Bama. i hate to agree with pat but we haven't done it much today like he is right you know, a third of the time. So statistically. But yeah, there's there's no way. Arkansas is like a defeated team right now. There's no way they're gonna score there.
0: Yeah, Bama. I don't know. Their offense, all you got to do is get it to those wide receivers somehow. Yeah. A bubble screen them and whatever. It's just yeah, Bama. All right. Final one of the uh before we get our locks of the week. Number eight, Notre Dame at number nineteen Michigan. It'll be a great scene. Seven thirty on ABC. U of M have won the last four matchups between the two at home. Doesn't mean anything. Michigan is now giving one. Uh, they started this line at ni- negative four, which stunned me. And the public has just bet this thing down to negative one as we talk. It may be even by kick or when you're listening to this. Pete, you can start. Take a Notre Dame getting a point at uh, Michigan Stadium. Yeah,
2: I Notre Dame's coming off a bye, which is, as Pat pointed out earlier, Michigan just went on the road and, and played a really, really physical, hard-fought game. Notre Dame's had a ton of time to prepare for that Michigan offense, which quite frankly hasn't given opponents much to have to prepare for. So, yeah, I think Notre Dame rolls in the big house and wins, and I, I think it's a it's a 24-14 kind of game. I think Notre Dame controls it. Notre Dame is better coached. They have an identity, and they're just a better program right now. My
1: open date advantage coming off the emotional slobber knocker battle game. That logic works for this game, but it didn't work for the other one. Well, you're right a third of the time, so I'm just going <laughs> to cherry pick it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Yeah, no, give me Notre Dame. I'm, I'm surprised Notre Dame is getting a point here. I, I thought that would be Notre Dame favored by three, so I will take the Irish with no hesitation.
0: I'm going to take Notre Dame, but there'll be slight hesitation here, and this is why. I'll just say this for, for the Michigan fans. Shea Patterson is healthy and played a lot better last week. You could see him running a little bit. I don't think it's enough, but I, I, if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm intrigued that, that Shea Patterson's a little bit better. The offense is a little bit better. And so that would be the one thing I think I'd feel pretty good about if I was a Michigan fan, that maybe there is hope. Also, anytime Vegas throws that, those crazy numbers out and you go, no way. That is like, it's like, they're debating you to go for this thing. So, but all that said, um, and also, if Michigan cannot do it, what it normally does, which is have a horrible first quarter, in, in a lot, of, including last year against Notre Dame, and they did it against Penn State, they, get, they dig themselves these huge holes. It's like, if they, this game's uh, a good first quarter, even uh, Michigan can win the game, obviously. But anyway, I'm taking Notre Dame anyway. All that said, go Irish.
1: All right, locks of the week. Memphis at Tulsa, laying 10 and a half. Tulsa's bad. Bad, bad, bad. Memphis is pretty darn good. Uh, they've only lost once this year. I did something little we'll note on Kenneth Gainwell, who should have won a small sample Heisman last weekend. First player in more than two decades, 100 rushing and 200 receiving yards. Very explosive freshman for them. So give me Memphis to cover the 10.5 at Tulsa. I'm going to go, uh,
2: I'm looking at the top 25 here, and I'm just going to go straight degenerate on you guys. I'm going to take App State. Giving twenty-five at South Alabama, number twenty-one ranked <laughs> oh Appalachian State. Yes, they're going to march into Mobile and win by four touchdowns. So they've uh, they're, they're six zero. Oh, they just mauled the last team they played in the Sun Belt. They're clearly better than everyone else. So I'm on board with Zach Thomas and the boys. Let's let's roll. All
0: right, I am going to take Virginia, giving three at Louisville hmm. Cavaliers. Had a two-game losing streak, Notre Dame and someone else. and then, But they had a really good win last week against Duke. 48 points they scored. I do not like this Louisville team, and I think they put everything into the emotional drainage from playing Clemson at home. Who knows what the stadium will look like. I like Virginia giving three, even though they're on the road. Uh, so that is my lock of the week, and that's our lock of the week. You can see out how we did if we actually remember to discuss it. On the Overreaction Monday podcast, Pat is not going to be there. But he'll be back for next week so we can spend lots of time making fun of him next uh, on the Monday show. And then you can have a rebuttal on, uh, on next Wednesday. So check us out. Feel free to share us. Tell your friends. Play it at the tailgate. Whatever you got to do. We need uh, we need all the help we can get. And if you have Alabama tailgating recommendations, invitations, and you're still listening, hit me up on, uh, on Twitter at Dan Wetson. Talk to you on Monday.